Now, our first witness this morning is Butch. Well, when the fight broke out, I got stabbed in the back, and I, I pulled my knife and hit him. That was the first person I ever killed. Butch Crouch was a hell's angel who'd murdered people and then rolled over and became a government witness. He was giving up details of this crime only somebody that was there would have known about. What good's a man? In his right hand, he had an automatic handgun and blood over his chest. What exactly happened here? Two people were murdered. A house was set on fire. Because of Crouch, I've been hiding in the witness protection program for most of my life. But I'm done hiding. From C-13 Originals, a division of Cadence 13, welcome to Relative Unknown, a new podcast about the stories and family we can't escape. Download Relative Unknown for free now on Radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows. Welcome to Season 3 of What Really Happened. Executive produced by Seven Bucks Productions, Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, and Brian Gewertz in association with Cadence 13. It's written and hosted by me, Andrew Jenks, and you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Andrew Jenks. You can also become a contributor to the show by going to jenkspod.com slash contributors. Information is everywhere. Every day, the New York Times publishes about 230 pieces of original content, such as stories, graphics, op-eds, and videos. In the last decade, this number has risen by more than 35%. As of June 2019, there are over 4.4 billion internet users. This is an 83% increase in the number of people using the internet in just five years. Every single day, there are 682 million tweets and over 100 million Instagram posts. So, how does one piece of information become the most talked-about item of the day. Imagine if there was a formula for this. Imagine if it could be bottled and sold. This week, I took a break from, you know, sex cults and such, to look into a scandal out of the UK that had everyone in the world wondering what really happened. Wayne Rooney is a soccer phenom. There's nothing the goalkeeper can do about that. That's vintage Wayne Rooney, and that's sheer ability. Rooney's delivery. Oh, it's a sensational goal! Wayne Rooney, record breaker! Do you believe it? It's Wayne Rooney, of course you believe it! Rooney is the record goal scorer for the England national team and for Manchester United. He's also played in three World Cups. Rooney is married to a main character in today's story, Colleen Rooney. They've been childhood sweethearts. She's been in the press since the age of 16, a very, very young age. Lizzie Cundy is a TV personality. She was previously married to soccer player Jason Cundy and is friends with Colleen Rooney. We've seen them sort of blossom and grow up together. Colleen doesn't chase the press. Um, She's with one of the world's most famous footballers. She's had her own TV career, but she's kind of not wanting it. She's got, you know, she's got four little ones. You know, she tries, if anything, to stay out of the papers. Then there is Jamie Vardy, largely considered one of the top strikers in the world. In other words, he scores a lot of goals. a goal by Jamie Vardy. Nobody 
Vardy is married to the other star of today's episode, Rebecca Vardy. Now, Becky Vardy is a little bit different. Lizzie is also friends with Rebecca. She's been on lots of reality TV shows. She's often on our TV screens popping up on debates. And she likes the limelight. And there is nothing wrong with that. But as you can see, two very different characters. Rebecca was a former contestant on the reality series I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. She regularly appears on talk shows like Loose Women, Good Morning Britain, and This Morning. So what do Colleen and Rebecca have to do with one another other than being the wives of famous soccer players? Colleen Rooney had been noticing, for years, that someone was leaking photos of hers to the Sun newspaper, a British tabloid. But these photos weren't taken by the paparazzi. Instead, they were taken directly from Colleen's private Instagram. It's worth emphasizing that the stories Colleen was posting were only on her private Instagram. Essentially, only friends and family had access to see the account or the photos. Colleen had posted different types of stories more recently. There were the outlandish stories she had posted, like Colleen and Wayne going to Mexico to get a controversial gender selection treatment for their next child, to the more mundane stories she had posted, like the Rooney's family's basement being flooded. So who was getting a hold of these photos and giving them to the Sun newspaper? Colleen was determined to find out. And apparently, she did. On October 9th, 2019, Colleen Rooney posted a message on Twitter and Instagram that shook England. It read, For a few years now, someone who I trusted to follow me on my personal Instagram account has been consistently informing the Sun newspaper, a British tabloid, of my private posts and stories. There has been so much information given to them about me, my friends, and my family, all without my permission or knowledge. After a long time of trying to figure out who it could be, for various reasons, I had a suspicion. To try and prove this, I came up with an idea. I blocked everyone from viewing Instagram except one account. Those on my private account must have been wondering why I haven't had stories on there for a while. Over the past five months, I have posted a series of false stories to see if they made their way into the Sun newspaper. And you know what? They did. The story about gender selection in Mexico, the story about returning to TV, and then the latest story about the basement flood in my new house. It's been tough keeping it to myself and not making any comment at all, especially when the stories have been leaked. However, I had to. Now, I know for certain which account, individual, it's come from. I have saved and screenshotted all the original stories, which clearly show just one person has viewed them. It's Rebecca Vardy's account. Rebecca Vardy. Wayne Rooney's wife had just figured out that it was the wife of one of Wayne's teammates from the England national team that had been taking these private posts and secretly giving them to a tabloid. If you're not familiar with Instagram, well, first off, good for you. Second, to fill you in, essentially on Instagram, you can put up what are called stories on your account. If you'd like, you can limit who sees these stories. You can decide who of your friends or followers sees them. It seems Colleen made it so that only one person, 
Rebecca Vardy could see them. And so when these photos made it to the press, it was only possible that Rebecca was the one leaking the stories. The New York Times said Colleen was, quote, a detective who ran her own sting operation to expose the person who had betrayed details about her family life to one of those tabloids. Vox called it a master class in scene setting and plot building. News outlets, blogs, YouTube channels in Britain all went mad. The very public row has broken out between the wives of two high-profile footballers. Wayne Rooney's wife, Colleen, has accused Jamie Vardy's wife, Rebecca, of leaking stories from her private Instagram account to the Sun newspaper. In happier times, they were friends, in the stands watching their husbands play for England. But today, these wags went to war on social media. Said Lizzie Cundy. She was like... You know, one of the greatest inspectors, like Columbo. In a response back on Twitter, Rebecca said, I wish you had called me if you thought this. I never speak to anyone about you, just as various journalists who have asked me over the years can vouch for. If you thought this was happening, you could have told me and I could have changed my passwords to see if it stopped. Over the years, various people have had access to my Insta, and just this week I found... I was following people I didn't know and never have followed myself. I'm not being funny, but I don't need the money. What would I gain from selling stories on you? I liked you a lot, Colleen, and I'm so upset that you have chosen to do this, especially when I'm heavily pregnant. I'm disgusted that I'm even having to deny this. You should have called me the first time this happened. Soon after... Rebecca said she had instructed lawyers to do a forensic investigation on her Instagram account to see who had access to it and when, but there was no turning back. Rebecca never showed evidence that it was not her. Most believe she did this because she was jealous of Colleen's popularity, and the public sentiment was made clear. Everyone felt bad for Colleen Rooney. She had been betrayed. Colleen Rooney has become so celebrated for that tweet. I spoke with Charlotte Wilder, senior writer at Sports Illustrated, and a bit of a Twitter phenom in her own right. It was like watching a sniper take somebody out. There was no room for doubt. It was really just masterfully done and came kind of out of nowhere. And she owned the news cycle. She created her own news cycle. While the Brits have by and large celebrated Colleen's master move, others have said Colleen could have dealt with this differently. It's not like the expression is, when they go low, you go lower. Said Lizzie Cundy. I personally wouldn't have done it that way. I think it, you've got to be careful in this day and age of social media because there's a lot of trolling and bullying, and I think it can get out of control. But you know what? It's Colleen's, you know, it was her provocative. You know, it's up to her what she felt best to do. And you have to remember, she's had three years of constant stories being leaked to the press, and I just think she was sick of it and wanted to out it. But for me, I wouldn't have done it publicly. Um, I, I'd rather have just, you know, crossed them off my Christmas card list and thought, right, I'm never going to trust them again, and that'd be the end of it. Either way, Colleen Rooney's post was the most talked about on social media that day in the world. To date, it has on Twitter alone 308,000 likes and 56,000 retweets. That's just on Twitter. The second most talked about tweet that day was from a reporter who had posted about a conversation she had with a U.S. Special Forces soldier, a soldier ashamed that the U.S. was leaving behind its Kurdish allies in an ongoing war in Syria. 
Support for What Really Happened comes from Spotify. Love great news and culture podcasts? Now you can hear What Really Happened and more of the best investigative stories right where you can listen to everything else on Spotify. Hear new episodes of this show and others you already love or be the first to discover something brand new with over 450,000 podcasts on topics ranging from true crime to news and politics to pop culture and beyond. All for free in one easy spot. Listen free to news and culture podcasts like What Really Happened and so much more on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Lemonade, renters and homeowners insurance designed for the 21st century. We all know some pretty crazy things happen in life. That's kind of what our podcast is built on. And sure, drama makes for a great story, but we'd rather prefer to avoid the worst-case scenario. That's why insurance is so important. Lemonade is a renter's and homeowner's insurance that offers policies for renters starting at just $5 per month and homeowners starting at just $25 per month. It takes literally seconds to get a policy from the comfort of your phone, and get this, Lemonade holds the world record for the fastest insurance claim ever accepted. Three seconds. How on earth? Well, Lemonade uses AI instead of brokers and paperwork, so think of it as protection for your stuff at some pretty crazy superhero speed. So what are you waiting for? Go to Lemonade.com slash what really happened and get a policy now. So why did this blow up the internet the way in which it did? Did it have something to do with it being two women going at it in this way? Were we all salivating over some sort of cat fight? Charlotte Wilder of Sports Illustrated said, I don't think that this is sort of a cat fight or female drama at all. I think this is just really ingenious use of the tools at your disposal to find out who is leaking information about your family. I next thought that maybe it was because this was a story about two famous wags. A term I definitely was uncomfortable, I am uncomfortable with. WAG stands for Wives and Girlfriends of a Professional Athlete, oftentimes a soccer player. I found this could be used in quite a sexist way, although Lizzie, who calls herself the queen of WAGs, told me to lighten up. For me, I don't think it's a derogatory term. It, I find it quite funny, I quite endearing. I, I, I take it with a pinch of salt, it's a laugh. I think if you take it all too seriously, <laughs> you're in the wrong game. Because, um, But, you know, there are a lot of footballers' wives that don't like being called a wag and find it demeaning. But for me, I don't. You know, I'll be honest. I've made a living from it. I made a musical, wag the musical from it. I talk on many football topics. I know football inside out. I love the game. I live and breathe it. My boys are big Chelsea football club supporters. And, you know, for me, I think it's just a fun term. I don't think there's any harm in it. And anyone who thinks there is, I think, you know, is PC gone mad. I think we've got to not take the fun out of life. And it, it, it's all a bit of fun. But the WAGs, let me tell you, they've made money out of that term. And there's nothing wrong with that. War of the WAGs was a newspaper headline used across the world. But what this story also shows, it seems, is the importance of pre-existing narratives. In a day and age when there is so much going on, if there is a story about somebody doing something that is in line with what we think of them, it becomes all the more easy to not just believe in the story, but indulge in the story. There was already a specific sentiment regarding Becky Vardy. 
Vox Media wrote about this War of the Wags and found quite a few people who didn't have the nicest things to say about Becky. SB Nation soccer writer Kim McCauley said, Becky Vardy has always been shady. It's very obvious she wants to take down Colleen because Colleen has always been the media's favorite wag, who got all the best TV spots, and Becky wants to take her place. Vox added that Becky in particular is also widely considered inappropriately fame-hungry. Meanwhile, Colleen has the perception of wanting to avoid fame. But being married to one of the most famous soccer players in the world since a very young age has pretty much made that impossible. Oddly enough, the term WAG came into common use in 2006, partly because of Colleen. Said Lizzie Cundy, The term WAG was actually made up from the press when, when the girls went out for the World Cup in Baden-Baden in Germany, the press made up that term, WAGs. It was created by the press, and the world went crazy for them, let me tell you. It was like the Beatles had come to town. Everyone couldn't wait to see what Victoria Beckham, Colleen Rooney, all the girls, what they were wearing, what, what they were doing, where they were shopping. They really became the new kind of Hollywood-type stars. Everyone wanted a piece of them. And so, this wasn't just an argument between two famous soccer stars' wives. It was an argument in which the personality traits we already believed they had were on full display. And it was easy to understand. One was clearly the protagonist, the other clearly the antagonist, and it came to life on a platform we all either use or are familiar with, Instagram. But there is also another reason, and that has to do with sports. When I spoke with Charlotte Wilder, she reminded me why sports are unique. Unique in a day and age when everything seems staged. I've always loved sports because I think that they are the greatest reality show we have. I think there's something kind of incredible about how no matter what the matchup is, something will always surprise you. Even if it's, you know, Patriots, Jets, and you know that the Pats are probably going to beat the Jets by a whole lot there's still something that's going to surprise you about how they do it. Or maybe there'll be some wild upset, but there's absolutely no way anyone can spoil for you what will happen in a sports game before it happens. And I think there's something really cool about that, especially in a world where everything feels so immediately accessible to have some kind of mystery still out there in in mass entertainment. And when it comes to social media, players in this day and age have more or less managed to maintain control of their narrative. I mean, I think especially recently, athletes have just become absolute masters of their own public relations. I think a lot of them have really smart people in their corner, but I think a lot of these guys, you know, they're pretty young for the most part, and they've grown up with the internet. They're very savvy when it comes to what you share and what you don't share, and knowing that when you share something, if you're a huge public figure, people are going to see it. People are going to pick it up. You know, the NBA is a great example of this because athletes are constantly using social media to plant stories or further a narrative that they want or start drama in a way that will impact their career and and sort of force teams or ownership's hand or influence fans in a certain way. And I, I just think it's really, really impressive how these women and men are able to manipulate fans in the public and not in sort of the negative connotation that manipulate usually has, but 
but really just command a news cycle with like one post or one Instagram comment even, or one like. I think social media has become this incredibly powerful tool that athletes can use to kind of take back some control of the conversation that was historically reserved just for the media. But then there are circumstances in which a player or their family do not have control of the narrative, like photos being leaked to the press. And that is something... Colleen Rooney wouldn't let happen. So when a story like this breaks through and Colleen Rooney just absolutely bodies another woman on the internet by saying, like, I know that you've been leaking and it kind of comes out of nowhere. The reality show of that, the the circus surrounding these athletes and something that, you know, you kind of think is as purely sports mirrors the play on the field. It becomes this very, you can't look away. There's a well-known story from Sherlock Holmes. It goes like this. Holmes and his assistant and friend, Watson, are on a camping trip. In the middle of the night, Holmes wakes up and gives Dr. Watson a nudge. Watson, he says, look up in the sky and tell me what you see. I see millions of stars, Holmes, says Watson. And what do you conclude from that, Watson? Watson thinks for a moment. Well, he says... Astronomically, it tells me that there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, I observe that Saturn is in Leo. Horologically, I deduce that the time is approximately a quarter past three. Meteorologically, I suspect that we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. Theologically, I see that God is all-powerful and we are small and insignificant. Uh, what does it tell you, Holmes? Watson, you idiot. Someone has stolen our tent. This anecdote reminded me of what brought me to this episode in the first place. How do certain stories become the talk of the town, or in this case, the talk of England, and even the world? How do we break down the nuances, the layers, the patterns, the formula of what makes a story go global? Well, maybe we should resist pulling a Dr. Watson. Maybe, like Sherlock did by simply noticing that the tent was missing, we need to keep it simple. So first, Colleen's investigative tactics were original. You can't make it up. Second, the story has main characters that the general public tend to be infatuated with, celebrities and professional athletes. Third, a main feature of the story includes one of the most popular social media apps in the world, one that millions use every day, Instagram. Fourth and last, there is some heart and substance involved. Part of the story, after all, despite how silly it may seem, is about the protection of family and questions of privacy. So even though once Colleen Rooney outed Rebecca Lardy, there was never much of a mystery as to who was releasing her Instagram photos, the world still couldn't get enough. They wanted to hear over and over again, what really happened. Next week, what really happened, we'll take a break for Thanksgiving, giving you a chance to fill up, that is courtesy of Terrence the producer, on all of this season's episodes. And then starting in two weeks, a slew of new episodes to round out the year, including the Malaysian Airlines crash, the shooting of David Ortiz in the Dominican Republic, and the story of Anna Sorkin. That's coming up on What Really Happened.
If you like the podcast, I'd humbly ask you to subscribe, rate, and review. It actually can make a big difference. For any other feedback, you can reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram, Facebook at Andrew Jenks, or go to jenkspod.com for more information on the sources for this podcast.